0: Hi, everyone. Siobhan Chapman here and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation. My guest will recap this week's key market moving events, including the September inflation data. Plus, we'll review the Q3 earnings season and what to expect in the week ahead. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome Matthew Tormey, Equity Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Welcome, Matt. We're happy to have you.
1: Hey, Siobhan. Thanks for having me.
0: Alright, perfect. So let's get started. So it was a fairly busy week um, on the data calendar with the release of the September inflation data, including the producer price index report and the consumer price index report. So both data points came in hotter than expected and triggered some selling pressure. What is CIO's interpretation of the data and the market response?
1: Yeah, so it's definitely fair to characterize this week as the week of inflation prints with the incremental data points showing us that inflation is continuing to surprise the upside and there's still much more work to be done. So starting with PPI on Wednesday, the headline and core readings both rose 0.4% month over month as both prints were higher than consensus expectations. And for the headline reading in particular, there had been declines over the previous two months but the acceleration in September reflected a rise in energy prices and also a pickup in core prices. Additionally, a positive takeaway was that core goods prices were unchanged month over month, but services prices rose 40 basis points, and this was driven by the consumer, capital investment, government, and export service categories. And finally, in response, the market did trade lower for the sixth consecutive day. Now, turning to the yesterday's CPI print, The headline reading rose 0.4% month over month, while core CPI rose 0.6%, which was far above consensus expectations. And just to touch on a few notable takeaways from the print, first, we are seeing consumer spending shift towards services and away from goods, and this in fact is helping the supply side of the economy come back into balance with demand, which is reducing inflationary pressure. Second, similar to the PPI print, core goods prices were flat, and we'd expect them to trend lower over the next few months and third. And I just touched on this, but just to expand a little bit more, this shift in consumer spending that we are seeing is adding to inflationary pressure on services with more than half of the rise in core services prices being attributable to rents. And medical care services, car insurance, and car maintenance contributed as well. So now that we have the latest jobs in inflation data prints that the Fed will have going into its November FOMC meeting, we do continue to expect the Fed to raise rates by 75 basis points during this meeting, but the hotter than expected inflation prints do add to the risk that they hike by 75 basis points again in December and potentially continue hiking into 2023. And finally, and sorry, I should've touched on this previously, but the market's response to the CPI print was quite interesting because initially, both equity and bond markets fell sharply, but the S&P 500 reversed course and ended the day up 2.6%. And two potential explanations for this reversal include, first, positioning had become quite depressed after the market traded lower for six consecutive days, and a seventh consecutive day would have been the longest losing streak for stocks since the onset of COVID in February 2020. And second, a better day for UK assets may have also helped ease underlying concerns about stresses on the financial system.
0: So, moving outside of the inflation data, we also received the minutes from the September Fed meeting. This is where the central bank hiked interest rates 75 basis points. Are there any notable takeaways from these minutes that you want to share with our listeners?
1: So, yeah, So, um, yeah, we did receive the September FOMC meeting minutes on Wednesday, and there were a few notable takeaways, although nothing too surprising given all of the public comments from FOMC participants recently. So, first, the committee is making it clear that it remains highly attentive to inflation risk and participants are committed to returning inflation to the Fed's 2% goal and to stay the course even as the labor market slows. Second, the consensus among the group was to move policy to a restrictive stance in the near term with several participants stressing the need to manage the pace of tightening to minimize harm to the economy. Third, many not only saw the need for policy to remain restrictive for some time, but others also believe a restrictive stance could be held for some time. Fourth, it's quite clear that the Fed will continue to be data-dependent, as they do want to see several months of a meaningful moderation in inflation before making any significant changes to monetary policy. And finally, in their view, they've seen little progress made on inflation so far, and the Fed sees a period of subtrend growth as necessary to cool off the labor market and get inflation back down.
0: So let's shift just a little bit. So let's move over to the Q3 earnings. We received some reporting this week. Is there anything to note this early on? And what are CIO's overall expectations for the Q3 reporting season?
1: Yeah, so third quarter earnings season is officially kicking off this morning with results from a few major US banks. And over the past several weeks, we have heard from early reporters. So it's still early, but so far, we've heard from about 36 companies representing 10% of the S&P 500 market cap, and only 55% are beating sales expectations, and roughly 60% are beating earnings expectations. And with that said, we are likely to see a few number of earnings beats this quarter, and the magnitude of the beats is likely to be lower than what we are used to seeing over the past year. So while the aggregate beat rate is currently in negative territory, but the profits are growing by 2%, which is lower than recent quarters, but isn't too surprising given the moderation in economic growth that we've seen. Also, since the start of the quarter, the third quarter EPS estimate has been revised lower by about 7%, which is a faster pace than the average over the trailing 10 years. So with expectations already quite low and with analysts tending to be more conservative with their estimates going into earnings season, we think that the setup is decent here. And finally, headwinds to results that we expect management teams to discuss include the stronger U.S. dollar's impact on revenues, higher interest rates, and the impact of high inflation and elevated inventory levels on margins. Now, touching just on some of the areas of strength that we could see, first, the quarter started with oil prices at quite elevated levels, but as the quarter went on, oil prices did fall, which likely did provide relief for consumers and for energy companies specifically, profits should still be really strong. Second, one of the more resilient sectors so far has been consumer staples, driven by their pricing power ability, despite their greater exposure to increased cost pressures relative to other sectors. And third, for the U.S. bank specifically, we should see that loan growth stayed strong during the quarter, higher rates should have led to solid growth in net interest income, and the credit outlook was likely benign. Backing up, touching on some of the areas of potential weakness that we could see, first, the areas of the market that we have seen downsides of so far and could see more throughout the quarter include the more cyclical areas, such as industrials and consumer discretionary. Second, we expect more companies to talk about the impact of the stronger U.S. dollar. So, those companies with greater overseas earnings exposure, such as within tech and material sectors, could potentially be more vulnerable And according to some of the work we have done at an index level, we estimate that for every 1% increase in the U.S. dollar index, there's about a 25 to 30 basis point drag on S&P 500 earnings. Third, for the banks today and over the course of the next week, we'd expect to see continued weakness in investment banking as deal activity was down quite sharply. And for wealth and asset management businesses, the market sell-off at the end of the quarter likely weighed on results. And lastly, we do expect the forward outlook provided by companies to be less robust.
0: Looking forward to the week ahead, what is taking place that investors should be mindful of?
1: So next week, we do have a few important economic data points that we'll be keeping an eye on, but it's also the week when third quarter earnings season starts to really kick in gear. But before earnings, starting with the economic calendar on Monday, we'll receive the October Empire State Manufacturing Index reading, and economists are expecting just a slight uptick in the next Turning to Tuesday, we'll receive the industrial and manufacturing production readings for September, as well as the NAHB housing market index for October. On Wednesday, a few additional housing-related data points, with the September readings for housing starts and a preliminary reading for building permits. Also, the Fed will publish its latest edition of the beige book, which does provide helpful insights from the Fed's key contacts into different regions of the U.S. economy. On Thursday. We'll get existing home sales for September, the October Philadelphia Fed Manufacturing Index reading, and the weekly initial and continuing jobless claims numbers, which this week both increased by a bit more than expectations, but the increase in the initial jobless claims number was partly driven by a rise in claims in Florida as a result of Hurricane Ian. And on Friday, New York Fed President John Williams will be making a speech, so his comments may be important to keep an eye on as well. Finally, as I mentioned, third quarter earnings season is ramping up, and next week, we are set to hear from about 65 S&P 500 companies, representing 14 to 15% or so of the market cap. So, not only will the results be important, but the management commentary on the outlook will be as well.
0: All right. Thank you. Again, today we have been joined by Matthew Tormey, Equity Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering as well as a UBS trending video series. From UBS studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you for joining us.